anybody ever heard anybody tell you you're going through something? You know, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. You got a test or a trial, you know, and you're going through something, and they look at you and they say, just trust God. Just trust God. Yeah, how many of you ever heard that? Just trust God to what? Watch your marriage go down the tube? Yeah. Watch you lose your house? Um, Watch you uh, lose your job? Watch your kids do drugs? Just trust God to what? They don't finish their sentence. Just trust God. I've heard a lot of people say that. You know, my mom used to have this saying, let go and let God. Let go and let God what? Let God what? You know, a lot of people have these cute sayings, but they have no clue what they mean. If you're going to tell somebody to just trust God, you need to be ready to back it up with just trust God what? Because, you know, I've learned in pastoring, people don't let you off that easy. Just trust God. Just trust God what? Trust God with what? We'll get you a scripture. What scripture? Give me the scripture. Give me the page. Give me the page number. Write it down on a piece of paper and hand it to me. They don't want to do anything for themselves. So to tell them just to trust God, it doesn't work. Because it doesn't change anything. Let's look at a verse here. Proverbs. You all know it. How many of you like Proverbs? Oh, I like Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. This is where this comes from. Just trust God. But what does it say about just trusting God? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But what does that next part say? Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, let's try this again, okay? Larry, just trust God. Right? Okay, just trust God, Larry. Rob, just trust God. But don't think about what's going on with you. Look in that book and find the answer for what God's telling you to do. Quit doing what you've been doing and do what the Lord tells you to do. Now, which one of these is different? If, if he, exactly, if he just trusts God, if he's just trusting God, he's, he's trusting, what is he trusting God for? What is he trusting God to do? To help him worry? To help him think about the situation? To help him stay awake at night? Most of the time, why did God put that next? Start the verse over in five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What's the next part? So in other words, the very next thing you need to do is quit thinking the way you're thinking about it. But most people, when they say trust in the Lord... The very next thing they start doing is start figuring out how they can fix it themselves. When people tell you to trust in the Lord, that's the very next thing most people do. Okay, is they either um, call the alar- their lawyer. They're going to fix it that way. You know, we have people call the church all the time. It's the funniest thing. We have people call. It's continual. And they say, we need you to pray. We say, pray about what? They say, pray about my neighbor. They need to move. 
we're having trouble with them. We're about to file a lawsuit on them. And so they usually will get somebody like Miss Diane that nothing ruffles her feathers, you know. And she'll say, well, let's see here. Now, God put you there, right? Well, yes, I know God told me to move here. Well, now, they were living there before you got... Yes, they were living there. And God sent you there. Yes. Well, maybe you're supposed to be praying for them. Diane is a prayer. And so her answer is, you better pray about everything before you do anything. And so she's like, maybe you should pray about it before you just start doing that. There's a reason. Well, their dog did this, and they did this to my fence, and they're just mean. And they came up in their kids' paint, paintball hit my car. And they, I mean, just on and on. And she's like... Well, you know, if you'd pray for them to get saved, things might change. And she just doesn't cut them any slack. Well, it doesn't take very long that the next thing we get is a phone call saying, you know what, they got saved. (laughs) So the just trust God doesn't mean for you to take action and go the direction that you had already planned to go. Before you just trust God. Do you know God is not obligated to do things your way? Now you may have your spouse hoodwinked and demand that they do things your way. Or your kids hoodwinked and they have to do things your way. Are you pitch a fit? I've done it. I know. Okay, you, you look at you. It's okay. It's okay. I'm up here, but I won't be up here for many weeks. You understand what I'm saying? People have gotten their way, and they figured out how to do it. Kids do it with their parents. They pout. They stomp their feet. I got a little girl dog, and she'll go, She'll do it for 30 minutes. Till you give her a treat. She'll do it. She'll keep doing it. And you'll say, no, I'm not giving you anything. No, I'm not giving And she'll go. <laughs> now, you're laughing at my dog, but you do exactly the same thing. You just have your own way of doing it. You know? You have a way of convincing people to do what you want them to do. How many of you have your own way? Look at you won't even raise your hand. Oh, altar call, altar call, altar call. Lord, forgive us all for lying. You know you do. You know you have your own way of winning whatever battle that you want to win. Every person in here does. If you really, 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 really want something... Let's try that again. Yeah, see, we got one honest person in the room. Well, it doesn't work that way with God. We've convinced ourselves that we can do this with people. And we can bulldoze over people. We can go into a store and demand that they give us our money back. We can go in a restaurant and say the meal wasn't good and they have to give us another plate. We can go into our children's schools and demand to the teacher that our kids are the best in the whole school and why did you give them that grade? And they have to change their grade? Or we can demand to the coach that they play our kid because they're the best and they really stink? (coughs) Or you understand what I'm saying? People have bullied their way into getting everything that they want these days. But when it comes to God, He don't take well to bullying. He doesn't take well to us telling Him what we're supposed to do. And this society that we live in today has decided it doesn't have to listen to anyone. And so 98.9% of the lives in this society are going this way. 
Because they don't have to listen to anyone. And they wonder how come crash, bang, boom, no finances, no money, this, that, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. When God's saying, I want you to go this way. When it says trust in the Lord, what was that next part? Put it back up there. Lean not to your own understanding. That kind of means to me, lean not to doing it your own way. Okay, look at the next verse. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In everything you're doing, acknowledge Him. In other words, look to Him to tell you what way to go. Look to Him to tell you what way to do. Just because you really, 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 really want something doesn't mean he's going to do it that way. And you can twist his arm and you can cry and you can pray and you can beg and you can do everything that you want to do and it don't change God. And people don't understand that. They don't understand how come they prayed about it for five seconds or five minutes or five months or five years. And it didn't change. Well, did you ever stop to think that it was never God's will to begin with? God answers prayer to things that he believes is things that is supposed to be in your path and you're supposed to be hooking with his plan for your life, not setting your own plan for your life and going your way and saying, now God, put your stamp of approval on it. And what happens is people go out and they try to, I want to marry this person. I want this house. I want this car. I want this job. I want this thing. And they pray about it for years and years and years and years. And they do things and they go in that direction and they do things. And things just don't happen the way that they want them to. And then they get mad at God and they say, God, I'm in church every Sunday. Well, are are you in the right church? God put you over there to help that person or God put you over here to help this person and you didn't like what they said so you just up and went somewhere else. God's not like our spouses. Now my spouse lets me get by with a lot of stuff. I'm sure you know that. And he's really, 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 really good to me. He'd do anything in the world for me. But when it comes to the things of God, and he says, no, Phil, God said, let's do this. How far you think I'm going to pull him off of this? Let's take a boat. How many of you think I'm going to pull him off of this? Raise your hand. How many of you think I ain't going to pull him off of this? You think I'm going to get him to go left when God told him to go right? Well, then ask yourself a question. How many of you really, really, really want to go left when God wants you to go right? See, what the devil has done is he has convinced you that you are smarter than God. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, the next part says, lean not to your own understanding. The reason he doesn't want us leaning to our own understanding is because it's like Paul says, we only know in part. And we only see through that part darkly and dimly. Did you know where you were going to be 30 years ago? How many of you knew exactly where you were going to be 30 years ago? Raise your hand. And what exactly you were going to be doing? Raise your hand. Well, it would stand to reason that we should trust the one that did know where we were going to be in 30 years. 
It would stand to reason that the only one that knows where you're going to be in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years is the only one you should trust. But see, what the devil wants to do is he wants to convince you that you're smarter and you got this. You got this. I know, I know, I know, I know, I, I know. I know, I know, I know. Leave me alone. I got it. You ever heard a two-year-old say that? There's a lot of two-year-olds in God. They got it. Let me do it by myself. Let me, let me do it by myself. Let me do it by myself. How many of you ever had a two-year-old? I should take you in the two-year-old class back there. Every one of them want to do it by themselves. And they want to know why. Why? That's the way we are with God. We want to do it by ourselves. And we want to know why we have to do it that way. Can you explain to a two-year-old why they have to do it that way all the time? Do they understand why? Why they can't jump off this big cliff or why they can't go to this thing or why? No. You just have to say, because mama said. Because daddy said. They can't understand that. So when God says, because I said, you go this way. You just go this way. Well, I don't really like them so much. I don't really like hanging with their crew so much. I didn't ask you if you liked it. I don't really like the way that my boss does things. I didn't ask you if you liked your boss. I just said for you to work there. Well, God, why would you have me working there? There, God. Well, because you don't know where you're going to need to be in 30 years. And I'm training you to be able to do this so that in 30 years, you're going to be qualified to do this for me. And the reason that God doesn't have all the people qualified that he needs them to do what he needs them to do when he needs them to do it is because they wouldn't stay and work for Mrs. Grumpy or Mr. Meanie for a week and get past that. God has a plan for our lives. And he wants us to accomplish it. But all the while, all the devil has to do is step on your toe one time and you run and hide. And so for that one time uh toe stepping, you miss the blessings that come the next five years because you went this way. And the devil accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. That's why he said, don't lean to your own understanding. Because your own understanding is something that the devil can get in and mess with. And the devil's good at messing with your own understanding. Have you ever laid in the bed and felt sorry for yourself? Oh, why me, God? (laughs) Or thought about how bad somebody was mistreating you? Or thought about what you're going to do about the money? Or thought thought about your kids? Or thought about your, your marriage? Or thought about your... The devil is great at that. He has parties when you lay there and do that. That's his favorite time of the day. That's when you should just shut your mind off and open that mouth and start praying in the Spirit. Then he can't do that. Because if you're praying in the Spirit, you got that mouth going and that head can't be going. And you won't be leaning to your own understanding then. You'll be leaning to your spirit then. And you'll wind up on a different path. And it won't be the path that the devil had for you. Now let's look at this next verse here. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came, it's King James, Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am, that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you are John the Baptist. 
Some say Elias. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you, that thou art Peter upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's part of the keys of the kingdom of heaven. When God's able to reveal things to you and the devil's not revealing things to you. And and whatsoever you shall bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now let's go directly into this other verse, 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, Know you not that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now let's put it down more in our language. And we'll read it in the basic English version. I don't know if they have that or not. Yeah, there they go. You can just look at the screen. Do you not see that you are God's holy house? And that the Spirit of God has His place in you? Say, I'm God's house. The Spirit lives in me. Now, how many of you in here have ever, ever, ever gone out looking at houses? Driven past them. Okay, let's do it this way. How many's never gone looking at houses or apartments or anything? That's just what I thought. The Lord's so smart. Now, how many of you, as you're driving past these, are looking at them? You look at them and you think, you know, I would like this if I could change this. Or if I could change this. Or if I could change this. Or if I could change this. Raise your hand. Yeah. Biggest part of the crowd. Now, how many of you in here have spent at least an hour watching Fixer Upper? (laughs) That's what I thought. God is just so smart. That's all I know to tell you. So you've driven around and you've thought about these houses and you've thought about what you could do. And you've watched Chip and Joanne <laughs> for at least an hour. I'm not going to make you confess, but at least an hour. Then you went even further than that. You signed a contract on one of them. And you either rented it or leased it or bought it or something like that. How many of you did that? Yeah. You got something. You got an apartment or a house or a trailer or a something, right? Yes. Now, you got inside that place. And stuff started happening. Either paint or lights or faucets. Or cabinets. Something started happening. You started seeing things in your mind that needed to happen. Walls needed to come down. How many of you husbands cringed? Some of the husbands like it as well as the wives do. You know? They like to start doing things. But you started seeing things change in there. Let's look at a verse real quickly. 2 Corinthians 10.5 It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself 
against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The NIV says this, and I thought it was really good. What's the next three words? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And the Young's literal says this. Reasons bringing down every high thing lifted up against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, think of your... We just said our bodies are the house of God. How many of you read that scripture with me? We are the temple of the living God. We are. You are. I am. We are basically God's house. Now, through the years, some of our houses, sad to say, have gotten to look a little ragged. They've gotten a little old looking on the inside. Our minds, our spirits don't need to be renewed. When you get born again, your spirit is new. But our minds need to be renewed. And there's a lot of stuff over the years. I can look over the crowd, and I don't want to call any names, but some people in here have gray hair. But it's not a lot of times the gray-haired ones that are even the bigger problems. It's a lot of times the younger ones that have yielded to stuff and haven't learned how to throw it off. Because they were, a a lot of times, it seems like, just in in pastoring, a lot of the older people may have, have grown up around some things of God, and some of the younger people, I won't say it. Anyway, I will say it. Grew up in households where parents faked being Christians and faked serving God, so they hated God. I've dealt with that a lot with youth. And so they don't really know who God is because they went to church every Sunday, but then they came home and saw parents that were faking God because they didn't really know what faith was themselves, And they got confused. Not that they were doing it on purpose. It's just that they got confused. And so they tried to do what they thought was right, but they didn't know what was right. And so they kind of put on the air that this is faith and it wasn't faith and things didn't go right. And they got messed up. And so their kids got messed up. And so the parents got upset and the kids got upset and, and a lot of teens got messed up. And the parents like, what do we do? Our kids are messed up and we raised them in church and what do we do? And, and it's like, um, you know, telling them what to do and doing it's two different things. And there's a lot of revelation there. And uh, we've helped a lot of people. But the, the thing is, the very first thing you should do, you want some answers on that? Anybody want some answers on that? Be bold enough to raise your hand. You want some answers? Admit it. Amen. The very first thing you can do with youth, clear the slate. Tell them, hey, we didn't know everything. We didn't know everything. Kids like real. They like for you to be real. They like for you to be honest. Pride will get in your way and say, but we're the dad, we're the mom. So what? Say, hey, look, we, we were just getting into this stuff ourselves. We didn't know. We messed up. We did some things wrong. But have faith with us. We're going to get it right now. We're on the right track now. We believe God's going to help us now. We're going in the right direction now. Y'all believe with us. Let's just sit, sit here just a minute and pray. And I don't care if they're in the middle of doing drugs. I don't care if they seem like they're out of their head. I don't care if they seem like they're in la-la land. You do that, they're going to start back in the right direction. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over and over and over again. Maybe they're as rebellious as the day is long. But you do that and you admit, I didn't know everything. I didn't have it all together. We were trying to do what we knew, but we didn't know everything. That's going to start doing what we were talking about just now in these houses with Chip and Joanne. 
you're going to see a wall crumble. You're going to see that wall between you and your kids that's been there and you didn't know how to fix come down. And instead of it coming down like you've seen on these shows where the wall comes down and people don't know what they're doing because they didn't put up the right support and the whole house come down. And it's still your marriage and your home and everything else because you're not doing it right. You're going to take the time and do it the way the Lord says do it. And that header's going to go up and the support's going to be there from the up above. Hey, from up above. That support's going to be there. And God's going to come in and you're going to walk through that doorway and everything's going to be okay. But you got to start there. You got to start where you are and you got to be honest. The thing that the devil loves the most is dishonesty. He loves it because if the kids can find dishonesty in you, then the devil can convince them that this God stuff is dishonest. And why should I do that when it's all just a bunch of hogwash, huck, junk, nothing, dishonest? So the very first thing I always do in youth and have done with youth is when they get in youth is let them find God for themselves. Forget mom and daddy's God. Forget the God you were taught at home. Let's get in this Bible and find out who God is. Let's get in this Bible and see what God does. Let's find out what God will do for you. Let's find out something. Let's find out something. Let's release your faith on something. You have got to do the very same thing in your life. Okay? Maybe at some point in your life, maybe somewhere along the way, you heard some stuff that you thought was God. And somebody told you, just trust God. And you thought that was the way to do it. You thought this was the direction to go. But you look back on it now and you realize, I wasn't trusting God. I wasn't even listening to God. I made that work myself. I did it. And now you look back on it and you say, wasn't right. Well, at some point in time in our lives, we've got to acknowledge that part wasn't God. You've got to talk to God about it. You don't have to talk to another human being about it, but you do got to talk to God about it. And you got to say, God, how do I take this ship and turn it back in the right direction? I may have missed these years here, but you know what? You're a God that can restore what the canker worm stole. You're a God that can set me back up, and maybe I didn't get that house that I wanted, and maybe I didn't get that baby that I wanted, and maybe I didn't get that car that I wanted, or maybe I didn't get that healing that I wanted. But you know what, God? You can show me how today to get it. And you get in there, and you start tearing down walls in your mind. Now, there's hurts and there's things in people's lives that's been there for decades and eternities. But you've got to do just exactly like they do on those shows. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. When, when Chip gets that sledgehammer out, what goes to happening? What's his favorite day? Demo day. Demo day. And we need a sledgehammer and a demo day in our minds. We need to take that sledgehammer and that demo day to our minds and get rid of some things from our past. And they need to be gone forever. Like that wall is gone forever. They need to be gone forever. And no one ever needs to be able to bring them up to you again. Not the devil, not your mama, not your daddy, not your brother, not your sister, not your husband, not your cousin, not your boss. It'd be just like trying to pretend like a wall is there. Every time you get ready to go, okay, this wall is gone. Uh, but you say, oh, no, i got to go around this way through this doorway. Well, that would just be an idiot. 
When you got a big hole there in the wall that you just knocked out with a sledgehammer, you'd just take a step and go right there, wouldn't you? Well, that's how you got to do it in your mind. You have got to take a sledgehammer to your mind. Now, a sledgehammer can hurt sometimes. And demo days and all that stuff they do in those houses, does that look like it's just easy peasy? It's work. And they are sweating. And they make it look like fun. But how many of you have ever tried one of those little fun projects at your house? And did it turn out just as easy peasy as it looked like on the TV screen? No. No, it didn't. He's been doing that for 40 years. And I want something done, and I'll tell Rob, do it. And I think, oh, that looks so easy. And you go in there to try to do it, and it's like, ooh. Maybe I'll just call Rob. Get him to do it. Because if you've never done it, number one, you don't have the tools to do it. And the devil don't want you to have the tools to do it. But the only tool you need is you and God. And you get you some quiet time with God, and you tell him, Hey, God, you remember that that happened blank? Or you remember this that happened, hmm? Let's be done with that, me and you. Forever. Let's tear that wall down. And let's never think about that again. Because then, when you get it fixed with God, God erases it. He knocks that wall down. He doesn't remember it ever again. Ever again. So the only person that can bring it up to you is the devil. And what do you know about the devil? He's a liar. That wall's gone. It's gone forever. Now, some walls, the things in your life are not that big, and they're not that bad. They're just little things where somebody maybe stepped on your toe or pinched you or or said something bad about you or, or did those things. All you need is a paintbrush. You can roll it on. Cover it up. But sometimes it takes more than one coat of paint. I know these guys have written on the walls around here sometimes. And they've used the wrong kind of thing. And I'm like, who wrote on that wall? And they're like, well, we thought it would paint over. Well, you're going to have to paint it again. Because it didn't paint over. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's things in your life like that. That you've got to wash over. You've got to paint over. And you've got to get rid of them. And you've got to never think about them again. You don't walk in this church and realize maybe that was a green wall behind that or maybe that was a purple wall behind that when you walk in here, do you? Do you? No. When you walk in here, do you think about maybe that was a red wall back there? No. No. Do you see what I'm saying? Amen. You think it's just a beige wall. Yeah. That's what you've got to do in your life. You've got to paint over that stuff and never think about what it was before that. Never think about you missed it before that. Never think about you were a failure before that or you didn't make it with this or or you didn't win that or you didn't do this or you failed in this marriage or you failed with your kids or you failed with this. That was five minutes ago. That's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve is the I trust God, God. But then it says, lean not to this. Lean not to your own understanding. Lean not to all the bad things that happened in your life. Lean not to what happened yesterday. Lean not to what happened five minutes ago. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He's going to lift you up. He's going to make you sit up straight. He's going to make you think about something good for the future. If you're not thinking about something good... Listen to me. If you're not thinking about something good, you're not thinking about God. If you're thinking about something bad, you are yielding to the devil. Because God is always good. And he's always causing you to think something good. How many of you have a remote? 
Uh-huh, you watch Chip and Joanne, so I know you do. You take that remote and you change the channel to the God channel. And you get it off of the sad channel, the me channel, the woe is me channel, the bad channel, the what happened yesterday channel, the how bad they mistreated me channel, the what's going on with my kids channel. And you think about God in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you and you're going to direct my paths. And I don't care if you're 102 or you're 22. Your paths for your future are going to be bright. Because God only has bright futures. He don't deal out sad futures. He don't deal out bad futures. He don't deal out bad paths. He don't deal out halfway good paths. He don't deal out, okay, well, today it's going to be good and tomorrow it's not going to be good. God only deals out good paths. Yes, there will be things that you have to go through, but there's a difference in going through and and dealing with a test or a trial and going under the water and staying there for 45 minutes or your foot like Peter did going down in the water and Jesus picking you back up. There's a difference between the two. You shouldn't stay underwater for two years. You shouldn't have to stay underwater for two months. When you're doing that, it's time to get in that prayer closet and say, Hey, God, I've been leaning to my own understanding again. I want to lean to your understanding. I want to lean to your ways. And you may have to take some paint and put it over your thoughts. And say, clear them up, Lord. I just want to think your thoughts. I just want to think your ways. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you. I want to take these steps with you, Lord. I want to trust you, Lord. I know if I put my future in your hands, it's secure. Now, a a lot of people... A lot of people trust no one. They've been married three times, four times. Every person they've been married to has hurt them. They've had jobs. Every boss they've had has hurt them. They've had different things in their life. And everything in life has hurt them. So they're convinced they can't trust anyone. Well, there is a way to find out differently. But you have to take a step to do it. You step into your closet... And you start praying in the Spirit, and this God of love will take His love arms and wrap them around you so tight, He'll prove it to you that He loves you. He'll prove it to you that His presence is in there with you, that it will just fall on your head and rest on you. And you'll come out of there with peace. And you'll come out of there with joy. Now, I didn't say go in there for five minutes and say I prayed and I spent time with the Lord. But if you do it, you'll come out of there with the right direction and with the right understanding of what you're supposed to do. God doesn't give anybody a bum future. It's not who He is. He has a perfect path planned for each one of us. We are His house. And just like every house on a block looks different, I'm moving up to a new neighborhood. Amen. You didn't get it. I am moving up to a better neighborhood. Now, you can choose to stay where you are, or you can remodel that house and put it on the market. And move up to a better neighborhood. And all you have to do is clear that mind, and God Himself, like we said last week, will add on to that just a little bit. 
God himself will shoot you up and raise you to that place. But you can't sit around and feel sorry for yourself or say, woe is me or this didn't happen for me. Sometimes just sitting there thinking is the problem. Anytime you find yourself doing that, I would encourage you, stop. Stop. God did give us a mind, but he didn't give us a mind to waller or feel sorry for ourselves. And anytime you find yourself doing that, just start doing this. Your mind's going, yeah, what about that? And they did that at the office and they shouldn't have done that. Or, or they, your family just did, oh, what else are they going to do? And that, I just go. Lord, thank you. Dando shondo lo brequeste di ripeso borabando tomequesta. Takes you in a different place. Different place. You can't. Let's try it. Keith's done it before. Let's do it again. Okay? You're sitting there thinking. Thinking. Now, when I say something, think about, think about Spelling your name from front. To, oh, you, that's kind of hard. Most people can't spell their name and talk at the same time. So we'll just do. Yeah, it's a little hard for some people. Okay, let's just do the alphabet like he does. Just start saying the alphabet in your head. Most people know them. Some people don't. Now, when I say something out loud, I want you to say it exactly the way I said it when I say it. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now what happens? You have to stop the alphabet. Isn't that right? You cannot continue going on with that alphabet and say that. So what does that do to your mind? It has to stop thinking that negative stuff. And do what your mouth says. Even Jesus himself, when he was on that mountain and the devil said, throw yourself off. He didn't just think it. No, I'm not going to throw myself off because it's written. The angels will give, the Lord will give, his angels charge over me. What did he do? He opened his mouth. And he said, it's written. If Jesus himself had to open his mouth, what makes us above Jesus with the devil? Was he talking to the devil? Yes, he was. In case you don't know, yes! He was. Well, if the devil's talking to your mind, you need to open that little mouth. You open it all the time anyway. Now's the time to do it. Open that mouth. And just start praying in the Spirit or just start telling the devil to shut up or whatever else. But open that mouth. And you will gain control back and put Proverbs back up there. Three. Five. Lean not to your own understanding. Because you're trying to figure it out with your head. And your head sometimes ain't got nothing good in it. You've already, like Keith says, gone through every one of those files, gone through every one of those thoughts, and you ain't figured it out. There's only one person that can help you to figure it out, and that's the Lord. So when we say trust in the Lord, we mean trust in doing it His way. Leaning on Him. Hearing from Him. Finding out what His Word says about it and doing it that way. Not pulling away from him and making him, trying to make him do it your way. He's not good. You know, he had one, one being try to make him do something. That didn't turn out well for him. I don't want to be one that tries to make God do something. You know, there's, there's been other people that, like Dave said the other Friday night, uh, they made him give him a king, you know. There's been people that's tried to make him, and things hadn't turned out well for them. You can have your own way, but it doesn't always turn out as well as you think it would. I remember Keith said um, one time, you know, Lord, I want that car, I want that car. And he got that car, but then it wasn't so good. He said, Lord, don't let me have my way anymore like that. You know, it doesn't work out as well as you think it would. So... 
Let's cast down all those traditions and the devil's lies and all that stuff. Let's get rid of all that stuff. And uh, let's look at this and we'll get ready to close. Ephesians 1. And pray this over yourself on just a regular basis. Just regular. It would be so good for us. Ephesians 1. Eighteen, sorry, eighteen. The eyes of my understanding, say that with me. Being enlightened, enlightened. that I may know know. what is the hope of his calling calling? and what is the riches riches of his glorious uh, inheritance. Now, what does that mean? That the Lord would show me what my inheritance is as being a child of God. It's just that simple. Now, there's more that goes with it, but it goes all the way down. Mark it in your Bible. Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. Go home, put your name in there, and pray that over yourself. Lord, show me what my inheritance is because I'm a child of yours. Show me that my eyes would be enlightened and that I would know what the hope of your calling is and that I would know what the riches of the glory of your inheritance to me, a saint, a child of God is. I'll keep reading it. And 19, what is the exceeding greatness of your power? To me, that believes, according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ Jesus when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet. Well, guess what? If they're under his feet, they're under your feet. Stomp your feet. That's exactly where the devil is. And that's what you need to remind him. He is under your feet. Tell him, devil, you're under my feet. I can think what I want to think. I can be what I'm called to be. I can do whatever. God's called me to do. I don't have to think what you put in my mind. I can open my mouth and praise the Lord. Let's stand up and do it. Glory to your name. Glory to your name.